Hi, friends. Welcome to the Hi Friend Podcast. My name is Sarah, and this is a podcast I started with my best friend, Kaylee, to share our perspectives of navigating the mysterious, exciting, and sometimes daunting journey of being single women in our 30s, living into our dreams, figuring things out as we go, and celebrating the beauty through it all. As life enters a new season for both of us, we hope this will be a space where you get to experience freedom to live the life you were created for and deep joy to delight in the journey along the way. By inviting you to listen in on our conversations, through sharing my stories, and by adding new friends to the mix as well. I'm so excited you're here, and I can't wait to create and live out our most beautiful lives together. Hi, friends. Happy Thursday. I'm going to go ahead and speak that into existence and say that I will be getting this podcast up on Thursday this week. Mark my words. Okay, so... Before we jump into what I was wanting to talk about today, I wanted to share just a couple things that are bringing me a lot of joy right now. One of them is this gorgeous glass bottle of Topo Chico that I have next to me. And if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I'm obsessed. I have been wanting to try it because I know people like rave about it being the best sparkling water, which I feel like sometimes I'm skeptical of just because how different can they really be? And um, I already had some favorites that I was enjoying, and I've stopped drinking LaCroix for the most part, but there's a couple seltzers from Trader Joe's that I've been really liking, and then I also just really like Pellegrino because it's a pretty bottle, and it's plain, and it tastes good, but I, and it's also it's hard to find Tobo Chico, like it, I don't really shop at Whole Foods, and that's where you have to go <laughs> to get it, and so I bought a case of the, the plain there, and oh my goodness, it is truly the best, like there's something about the the bubbles and the amount of carbonation that's perfect. It has just a smidge of sodium in it. So it kind of has like that little salt flavor and it just, I don't know, it just tastes so good and so pure. And I love drinking out of a glass bottle too. There's something that's like, I don't know, very sexy about it. And it just feels, yeah, it just is great. And then I also recently tried um, from a local place around here called Irvine Ranch Market. They sold individual bottles of, um, they only come in two other flavors, lime and grapefruit. And it's just like a hint of each of those flavors. And they are so, so good. Like I feel like with LaCroix or some other flavored drinks, the flavor can feel really overpowering or kind of artificial, but those to me really, truly taste like someone just lightly squeezed a grapefruit in one and a lime in the other. And so, yeah, anyways, if you're looking for a new sparkling water, I would highly recommend it. And also with that, I something that has been kind of a fun creative outlet for me lately has been creating different mocktail. I don't there needs to be a better word than that. I don't know why it feels so um I don't know. It just feels like lame or something. Like, oh, can I get a mocktail? Like it just yeah, I like it's a subpar choice. Um and it feels embarrassed. I guess embarrassing is the right word. Like if you ever want to order one there. So I'm working on coming up with a better, like besides virgin or mocktail, something that's like a little bit cooler. But I, yeah, I hadn't, I mean, I just like making, mixing different things myself. Um, and I've had a couple comments from people, especially any pregnant mamas who follow me, who've been, who've either asked for some suggestions of drinks that are non-alcoholic because they're sick of just plain sparkling water with a lime or people who've responded to my stories where I've shared some tips about um, 
non-alcoholic drinks and said how much they appreciated it because it gave them ideas of things that they could do. And so I, I absolutely am going to do a blog post on this because I want to round up um, all my favorite sparkling water suggestions, some of my favorite mocktails that I like making, and just tips for like making your drinks more fun or more enjoyable because sometimes it's just as simple as putting it in a different glass or giving it a fun garnish um, and then just experimenting with like different flavor combos and it really is I don't know it's very satisfying I, I still miss red wine a lot because I feel like there's no substitute for that whatsoever but with mixing different flavors um, in sparkling water and um, like adding spice or savory things to drinks it really satisfies like that I don't know, cocktail or margarita, um, void in my, my life. And then today too, um, I've been, I, there's a couple brands that I follow. I just, I love that there's, because there's more of a movement, um, in the like sober, curious, sober world and health realm and all of that to like move away from alcohol a little bit that brands are catching on to that. And there have been some really cool beverage companies that have emerged. And so I follow a few of them on Instagram. I also just think that they have like incredible branding and messages and it's just, yeah, I I really enjoy it. And so one of those uh, that a friend had recommended to me is called Seedlip, S-E-E-D-L-I-P. So Seedlip drinks and if you look them up on Instagram, they have like the most beautiful branding and what it's meant to be. They have three different like flavor profiles and it's supposed to be a substitute kind of for gin, which that has really been like the only hard alcohol that I've kind of missed in this sober experiment because tequila doesn't really appeal to me anymore. Who really likes vodka? And I'm not a whiskey person. So, um, but gin, there's something about like that earthy flavor to it that I've been craving a lot. And so these drinks, um, they're these bottles and like, you can make all these creative cocktails from them. And if you go to their website, they have the most beautiful photography and mocktail drink suggestions ever. And so Lauren and I were like just freaking out, like reading all these different ideas. And so she got the garden one and I got the citrus and yeah, I got, we bought them off Amazon. So they'll be here tomorrow and they sound so intriguing and like just these very complex profiles. And so very excited to try that. And obviously that will be included. They're not cheap though, but I feel like you can mix them with stuff for a long time and they'll go a long way. So I will, yes, the goal is to try to create a full non-alcoholic beverage guide shortly because I do feel like I've learned a thing or two and I, it's really fun. And yeah, again, besides missing wine, I really, it makes it so that I really don't miss other drinks. Um, and I have some tips for like ordering when you're out too, that, yeah, that I think are helpful. So yeah, those are just a couple things that are making me happy at the moment. Um, and so then to transition into maybe less happier <laughs> topics, but something that has been kind of just like a weirdly recurring theme in my life lately, as far as the places that it's popped up. And, um, when I, I'm trying to think about what I want to record for the podcast in a week. Like I have an editorial calendar that I'm always popping ideas in. And um, a lot of times I try to kind of pull themes from what my book will be about eventually, which I know I haven't really officially announced that's purposeful, but I'm sure people can maybe um, derive a little bit about from the different topics that I've, that I've done and what it might be. But um, a lot of times I just try to like 
stop and listen and think about things that have been put on my heart or like where, like, like where is the spirit moving in me and that something that is either present in my life or something that has been helpful or that I want to share. And so today I even like probably had a couple different ideas of going back and forth between um, what I wanted to, to talk about. And then a little incident happened and I was like, oh, well, that kind of helps answer that. And it, <laughs> it definitely leads into this topic. So I'll start with sharing that story. Um, yeah. So my, my family lives in Bend, Oregon. Um, I live in Newport Beach, California. We're from Southern California originally. And, um, I, I went to college in San Diego and then I lived up in Oregon, Portland, Oregon for about four and a half years after college. And when I was living up there, my parents moved to Bend, um, and then, which is about three and a half hours away from Portland. So they weren't moving there because of me necessarily. They just had wanted to move to Bend. And then my brother and his wife were living in San Diego. And so part of the reason why I moved back down to Orange County, Southern California was to be closer to them. And I kind of thought my parents would maybe eventually come back down. Um, and then my brother and his wife ended up moving up to Bend and, yeah, the rest is history. So they're all up there. It's a very, it's, it's very difficult at times. Um, we, we make do and I'm very grateful for how often we are able to see each other, but yeah, especially with a new little baby thrown in the mix, it is, it is not easy. And my parents do, um, some, some years they'll rent down by me for, um, like the winter. And so that's really helpful. Um, but it has been, very emotionally challenging for me because I'm super close to my family, but I also really, really love where I live. And so there just really has never been like an easy solution as far as something. And it's, it's really hard to get there. Like, (laughs) yeah, you pretty much always have to have a layover, um, to get from Orange County to Bend. And it, it, it just makes life a little bit more difficult. Like, um, and so there's been a lot of time where I've been, I've been really angry about that and I've been really sad and to have to like work through that. And I'm sure that they're, they have their own set of emotions about it as well. Um, and so a small little like difficulty about that as well is for whatever reason, the male getting to bend, it feels like it's getting there by horse and carriage. Like I don't understand what the holdup is, but things take so long to get there. And I, it is already not a strength of mine to try to plan far enough in advance to get cards or presents to family members or to friends that don't live near me. So I have to be like very on my game to plan ahead and be like, okay, this person's birthday is coming up or mother's day is coming up. Like I need to make sure I get this in the mail by this date. So for this most recent Mother's Day, I put a card in the mail for my mom on the Monday before. So that's six mail days it had to get to Oregon, which is the, the state above me. <laughs> um, so not only was it not there by Mother's Day, but my mom kept checking in and being like, I'm so sorry. Like, I like I mean, she, of course, like didn't make me feel bad. She knew that I had sent it. Um, it wasn't like that big of a deal, but I was just bummed because I'm like, ugh, I went to the effort to like get that up there. And yet it's the whole point was that it would be there for you by Mother's Day. And it's not. So finally, my dad just text, texted me. I mean, how many weeks are we past Mother's Day? I don't even know. It's been like, it's been a long time. And he texts me a picture and it is the card 
that I sent and there's like a massive slice of one third of the card off. Like it came from the, the USPS in a bag saying like, we're sorry we damaged your mail. I hope that's not an inconvenience to you. And something, and it was like a papyrus card, which if you know cards, it's not the cheapest. I know it's not that much money, but like obviously I had a long message in there and so that was cut off. And of course, like, I don't think my mom was upset with like, it's nobody's fault. Well, it's the post office's fault, but I'm sure that was an accident as well. But something about (laughs) that picture of the card, like cut completely, it's just like a slice off of the corner of the card. I, I lost it. I like called my mom and I was so upset and I started crying. I also have been weirdly very emotional this last week. I think it might be hormonal, but I don't know. I'm I'm a crier and I'd say in this last year like I really have not cried that much in my life. Um and then this last week I have cried multiple times. So something's going on there, but we'll get to that kind of. Um so anyways, I'm like just totally crying and angry and my mom was handling it very very well. Um I very much appreciated cuz she just was like I hear you, I understand cuz I was able to say in that moment of like, I know this is, it. it's triggering something deeper in me. And I'm sorry that I'm like, I'm overreacting clearly to this incident, but I'm so upset about this. Like, I'm so upset. Like it feels out of my control. I'm mad that my family lives so far away from me. I'm frustrated that even after going f- through the effort to like plan ahead for these things, another time, like my dad didn't see a card that came in for a while. It just isn't the first time this has happened. I mean, this was more extreme because of the damage to the card, but other times too, like it truly, my brother, like I sent him a card and an Amazon gift card and it came so late. And when it was snowing, like nobody could check the mail. (laughs) And so it just was all this built up, like, oh my gosh, like this, all this does is just emphasize the fact that I can't come over to dinner with you on Sunday night on Mother's Day and hand you a card and a gift. Like it's just not that easy. And so this is my way of of feeling all those things and letting this like smaller trigger release a lot of that. Um, yeah. And again, like I'm very thankful for my mom's like understanding that, um, because it doesn't always go that way. Sometimes, you know, people can be like, oh my gosh, you are so overreacting or you need to calm down or like, what is the problem? Like this isn't like you are showing way too much emotion around this or whatever it might be. Um, And especially if you don't have like the ability or the tools to be like, what is this about? Like it can just make things spiral and it can make things feel out of control. um, And it's so frustrating. And so how this um, relates to what I want to talk about today is basically the, the concept of the mind, the power of the mind body connection and our, our emotions as it affects our physical and mental well-being and our health. And this is something that I I just feel like has been continuously brought up into my realm of awareness through so many different sources and has been confirmed um, in so many different areas that I, I feel really compelled to share it. And I also do want to be transparent and give the caveat that some of the stuff I'm going to talk about are actually not things that I have started implementing in a very on a very regular basis in my own life. So I I don't have a lot of personal experience to share as far as like how it's transformed me, but I feel very excited and hopeful about 
um, about how it will be healthy and helpful in my, my life. And I believe in its power so much for other people's lives and other people's stories. And I'm, I'm very grateful that me personally, I have not had to deal um, with any serious like illness or chronic pain or any disease or things that have, um, or like really serious trauma in my life. So I just, I want to put that out there that, um, while I know I can't relate to a lot of that and people's like stories that have been a lot harder, um, I do, I still believe in this concept so, so much. And I, I feel very passionate and dedicated to doing this practice in my own life as a preventative measure and to clear some of the things that are that probably are already there um, that I I'm not aware of. So um, with that, I just wanted to share um, kind of just like high level background around this concept. Um, obviously, I'm not I'm not a therapist. I'm not a medical professional of any means. So take this all with a grain of salt. But I I have done a lot of um, research and reading, and um, obviously I've studied a lot of psychology, but um, so yeah, I, I can speak with confidence about the things I'm talking about because I know, um, that there, there is a lot of evidence, um, and research and statistics around there out this. So or out there. So it's not just like woo woo weird, like feel your feelings and you're going to heal yourself type of a thing. Like this is a, is a real concept. Um, so yeah, so sharing some of the, the different ways that I have, like learned about this in my own life and then um, practices for for what I'm planning on doing and what other people can do um, to help like accelerate some of this healing work in their own lives. Um, yeah, so I think just to give like a little definition to it high level, um, the concept of like our the mind body connection and dis- disease and um, sickness and illness and cancer and all those things being caused uh, not being caused but being exacerbated um, or sometimes caused by our emotions um, and the things that we carry with us is is very real and I'll start by saying that um, I don't believe that those that pain or those sicknesses are false things like that they are made up or that they're all in our heads or um, that they're just created from emotions but I believe so strongly in like that so yeah those are all real very real things and people can experience very real pain um, very real sickness and um, I'm also not saying that like if you do get sick it's just because you are an angry person or you have unforgiveness in your heart or anything like that Um, but the, the idea that we, that feelings such as anger or trauma to our bodies or abuse, um, they get trapped in our body. Like if, if they aren't properly worked through or expressed, um, they, it manifests in so many different forms, whether that's like chronic headaches or chronic pain, um, or very bizarre, like aches in your bodies or things that are unexplainable. Um, it is, it's very real that our body holds on to so, so much of that. Um, and that's why even like just stress, like exposed, um, like over time exposure to heightened stress, like causes sickness and illness in our body. That's why people, um, get sick. Like it lowers your immune system and your defenses because it puts your, your whole body in like a heightened sense of, um, 
of stress. And so your body's trying to to monitor that and, um, and less is able to go to healing other things in your body. So um, yeah, I just, I really, I believe that so heavily. And I think um, I've... I'm trying to think of like kind of where I started learning some of the stuff, but I'll just start with um, one thing that's really easy just to like watch and that I think makes a lot of sense is the documentary Heal, H-E-A-L, and it's on Netflix. Um, and there's a lot of like really, um, there's like different like spiritual leaders and then doctors and people who've done a lot of work around this that are interviewed and then they give a couple ex- examples of people's stories um, and like these unexplained either like rashes that they had or one woman had cancer um, and then the ways that they did emotional work to be able to heal and release those things. Um, and so I just, yeah, it was, it was very powerful. I've actually, I've watched it twice just because there's something that's very like comforting around, around the movie too. And, um, I just find it so absolutely beautiful and fascinating, um, that our bodies, like we're these beautiful, precious souls here on this earth, having this life experience and, um, we're in this vessel. So this physical vessel of our bodies and our, they're not like, they are separate, but they're obviously connected too. And so when we experience something like trauma or pain, um, our body like finds a way to express that sort of. And so, and a lot of times, like when we, when we are off, like when something's off, like if we, um, like are getting chronic headaches all the time, or if you, if there's like a pain in your shoulder that won't go away, it's literally like your body being a dashboard that's lighting up and saying like, alert, alert, like something is off in my body and your, in your heart and your soul. And like, it needs your attention and something needs to be fixed. And, um, and yeah, those are, those can be purely mechanical at, at times. Like you can pull a muscle and, um, you need physical therapy or you need a surgery. I'm not talking about like, um, trauma, physical trauma, such as like breaking an arm or like an accident type of a thing, um, or like a knife (laughs) hurting you or any things like that. Like I'm talking about, um, like chronic illnesses or autoimmune disorders that many times like have no known cause or, um, origin to them. And, so in this documentary, they just they just do a really good job of explaining um, why, like how those things are connected, and what is so hopeful about it is is knowing that we have the ability to heal, um, and there are so many tools available to us. And I am not like discrediting all Western medicine; like I think that that um, that serves a purpose in a lot of ways. But I just think like if you take a moment to stop and take a step back and like, look at our current like healthcare system, like for instance, the commercials, they give this example in the, in the movie, but like when you see a commercial for like blood pressure medication, um, or I think even a better example would be like, well, no blood pressure. Like it's like, there's drugs on drugs on drugs that you now need to take to correct these things. And it's like, okay, we shouldn't have to be taking all these drugs to correct a body that was made to function, um, like, in a perfect way. And so clearly there's something that's off in our body, whether that's the food that we're feeding ourselves or the, you know, the type of exercise or movement that we are, or aren't doing like those things absolutely can lead to that. Um, 
And so instead of just like taking drugs and things to cover those up or like pain medication, like I think things like really strong pain medication, you know, is very useful in, um, in the instance of like a trauma or a surgery. But if you're needing to take pain medicine for like long periods of time, like that is your body is clearly saying like, this is not normal. Something is off. Um, and I also do want to, I know people, um, very closely with chronic pain. And so I want to be sensitive and say that, um, like I know sometimes that does, it, it does feel necessary, but I also just believe that there are multiple ways to approach that. And so I'm not like, I don't want anyone to feel any shame for, um, having to, having to take certain medication or to be able to function. But, um, I also like, I say this from a perspective of hope that I believe it is possible to find healing and that, um, there are multiple ways to, to achieve that. So anyway, so, um, yeah, the documentary Heal is was definitely one of those things. I'd also I haven't finished reading it yet, but I had started reading the book The Body Keeps the Score, which is from a psychologist who um who's d- did a lot of work with like PTSD and trauma um and that is obviously on like a very s- serious deep level like he worked with uh, a lot of war veterans and then um victims of sexual abuse and I haven't gotten um to like later parts in the book, but from my understanding, it's not all just about like, um, these high levels of trauma or things that have happened to people. Like, um, the idea is that our body holds on to these things that happen in our life. And, and sometimes like if those get repressed or like pushed down or not worked through, um, triggers like later in life will bring those up at times where it can be very, like, seem very unrelated. Like, why am I reacting in this way? Um, but it's a learned, like, tr- response that's held on to in our body because our body is just trying to protect us from experiencing that same pain and trauma again. So it can, like, shut down or become disconnected um, and, or, like, disassociated with our pain. Um, and so the, the importance there being, like, to, to learn how to address and acknowledge that, um, so that it doesn't get like stored in our bodies. And so then, so between those two, another one was that I was listening to an episode of a podcast, um, called that's so retrograde. And it caught my attention because it had something to do with chronic pain, um, which is a part of my story as far as, um, pe- uh, people close to me. And so it was an interview with someone named Nicole Sachs, S-A-C-H-S. And she, I would highly recommend that episode. I I wish I would have listened or listed the number before, but it's That's So Retrograde and her name is Nicole Sachs. And I will add that into the show notes for this, um, but I don't have the like episode number offhand. I want to say it's like 180 something is what I remember. But I... I just, it, everything that she said, um, resonated so much with me and with stuff that I had been learning recently. She had had like a really bad, um, accident where she hurt her back and I think it was her spine and her, um, prognosis was very, very bleak as far as her ability to heal. Um, so again, like a very real injury, but learning over time, the ways that emotions, um, caused the pain to be more exacerbated. And once she found certain, um, release for this pain, then like the hurt that had happened to her in her life emotionally unrelated to, 
um, unrelated to the actual accident, she began to heal like super miraculously. So then she developed something um, like this whole protocol and program, um, which I'm going to briefly touch on, but um, I don't like, yeah, I can't like fully speak to it because it's, I haven't watched all of her videos on this um, and I'll give resources as to where you can find more, but something called journal speak. And so she does talk a little bit about like what that looks like um, with the, the main concept being that you use journaling as a way to pour out all of like the deep, ugly, toxic, horrible emotions that you have experienced in your life. And that's, there's like different categories that you, that you focus on. So like there's something for childhood, something for the present. And then I think I forget what the third one was. So you write down these different things that are triggering like um, or like things that have made you upset over time or trauma. And sometimes that, that can be really hard because you have to really stop and like ask like, what are those things that have caused me a lot of pain? Like they're not usually front of mind. A lot of times we're not sitting here like thinking about all the people who've made us angry or the times we've been um, ashamed or really sad or whatnot. I mean, some of them are very obvious if you've like lost someone really close to you or if you've had um, like some serious abuse done to you. But I think for other people, like you can just think like, oh, I'm fine. Like there's, you know, not really anything serious in my life when really deep down there maybe are things that, um, have been really painful for you that then surface in weird ways that you're not even really aware that they were connected. And so she, she has a website called the cure for chronic pain. And she has so many resources on there as far as, um, like, I think it's a four part video series that walks you through how to do this. But just to give, like an example of from my own life of the time that I did this, I was feeling, I was feeling really angry towards someone, a friend of mine for something. Um, and I, I hated that. Like I hated feeling that way. And I was embarrassed that I like had this much anger. Like I was annoyed that I could feel this way. Like I just wanted to like get over it and knew, just have like love towards them and forgiveness and be okay. But the reality was I was hurt in some ways and my feelings were hurt and I disagreed with the way that they were going about certain things. And so I knew I would want to bring that up to them, but also like I knew that my level of like anger towards it felt disproportional to what was happening. And so I, knowing some of this stuff, like, um, I think what this has done is like, I mean, we've all heard the quote about, um, not forgiving someone is like, like hoping to poison them and you're, wait, I'm totally butchering this, but you know what I'm saying? Like, um, oh, it's like not forgiving someone is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Like that doesn't help the situation at all. It just makes us, um, it just adds toxins to our own body to hold on to unforgiveness and to hold on to anger. So now like when I feel those things surfacing in me, like I literally picture it like this, almost like this green toxin that's like in my body and I, I want it out. Like I want it out, out, out before it causes any damage, um, and like sickness or illness in me or like long-term things. And so been trying to like utilize more tools around that. Um, and I was inspired by the journal speak idea, which is basically where you write out like your <laughs> deepest, darkest, ugliest thoughts, like horrible swear words, all the things that you would like never in a million years say 
not only to another person, but even out loud. Um, and then when you're done with it, you don't reread it. You don't keep it. If you, uh, if you do it on a computer, you highlight the whole thing and delete it and then save it like that so that it's, there's no record of it. Or if you do it in a journal or on a piece of paper, you tear it up into a million pieces and burn it or put it in the trash or whatever. Um, flush it on the toilet if that's, if it's biodegradable paper. Because like that is not you, like that is not the core of who you are. That is a reaction that you're having and emotions. And so you don't have to claim that as like, because you have those thoughts or those angry things, like you are a horrible, terrible person. You are a human having a human experience. And there are a lot of things in your life that have, you know, added onto one another to cause like that level of reaction. And so that's okay. And having grace for yourself is so important, but on the same on the same side, you want to get that out of you as quickly as possible. So I did that. I like wrote out two pages of my journal and let it all out. And then I tore it out and I ripped it in, into a million pieces and put it in my trash. And honestly, I did feel so much better. I also, um, afterwards, so okay, it's kind of combining stories, but, um, yeah, so I'll, I'll go into like the next thing that was another synchronicity of, of this whole concept was I follow, um, Ruthie Lindsay on Instagram. And if you're not familiar with her, she had a a horrible accident when she was 17, um, and has dealt with chronic pain and has like a really heavy story as far as like, she lost her dad, um, her marriage, her first marriage fell apart, um, all within like a short amount of time. And she basically spent like years of her life in bed. Um, it is an absolute miracle that she's alive because of, um, some like freak things that happened with, um, her spinal surgeries and, and all of that. And so she talks, she, that's kind of like her, her thing and her platform. She has a podcast called the unspoken podcast, which is, um, she co-hosts with someone else. And so I followed her for a little while, um, because, I forget even, I think through Jedediah Jenkins, um, after I had like read his book and their best friends. And so she shares a lot about that, but, and how, like, I don't know, like how to find hope in the, in the pain and all of that. But just recently she's really kind of shifted her story. And so she wrote this three part post, um, a couple weeks ago and it was about how, she's been doing all of this healing work in this, what she calls shadow work. And she mentions in her post, the heal documentary, and then Nicole Sachs, that she was connected with Nicole Sachs, who I had never heard of before. And so the fact that she like confirmed this and mentioned how she's been doing this journal speak and how through that she has healed 80% of her pain. And she's like, I no longer, she's like, before you'd hear me talk about my pain, my pain, my pain. That is how like, you know, I'm here to like tell people they're not alone and to provide comfort in that. But she's like, I no longer believe that that's my story. My story is that I believe I am meant to be fully healed and that healing is for everyone. And like, that is now what I want to preach for lack of a better word. Like that is my new message is healing is for everyone and it is for us. And so she just wrote another post around it recently, another three-part post on her Instagram about the same thing and um, doing this work and how beneficial it's been. And then just seeing, and yeah, Mari Andrews posted today and said this like was inspired by Ruthie and has been doing a lot of her own healing work. So just obviously like multiple places in my life that I keep, I keep seeing this and seeing how it's resonating with other people too. And um, yeah, just the concept of like, not holding on to these, these t- 
toxic feelings in our life. And I think sometimes too, like, um, for females and I, I can speak just for myself too, that it, it is, it can be culturally unacceptable or um, shameful to have feelings such as like deep anger or um, it even for me, like the word that comes up is scary. Like when I have these moments of, of serious like anger or lashing out and hopefully it's not usually at other people, but even just in my own soul, like when I feel that bubbling up, it is scary. It's like, where is this coming from and what is this about? And I, yeah, I want like, I, as I just said, like I want that all out of my body. And so this feels like such a powerful tool and, um, something that I'm really excited to keep like digging into. And so I wanted to share, um, a couple like practices or basically steps. And like, even some of these things are things that I've been starting to do more, um, more often. And, um, I just, yeah, I feel really excited to like spread this message and just be an amplifier of the voice. That's like already, it's already happening. Like people are already starting to share this work so much more and being aware of like, um, yeah, they're just as clearly like if you follow any of these types of people on social media, like there's such a move to talk more openly about anxiety and depression and, um, self-care and emotional like maturity and emotional intelligence, um, and how vital and important that is to our lives. And so, um, yeah. Oh, and the final thing too, of uh, like another synchronicity of where I've been experiencing this in my life is through surprise, surprise, Eckhart Tolle and the power of now and a new earth. Um, he references it as the pain body. And so the pain body is something that is a part of us. And it's like the pain that we have accumulated over, over the years of whether it's things that have been done to us or our own, um, shame or anger towards things or just anything that has caused us pain in our life and that we carry with us. And so when we act out of, um, a place of like fear or anger or sadness, um, that that is not who we are. That is the pain body that we're carrying with us. Um, and so that's been, and the way that that's been helpful to me, um, has been more so in relating with other people. And so he talks a lot about, um, like when someone is, like angry or <laughs> lashes out or whatnot, like to be able to, to recognize that that is not about you. And it's also, that's not who they are. So like to, to separate, um, their response from the soul of who that person is and, um, trusting and believing that everyone is good and that we are these souls that, um, were created out of beauty and out of love and that, when, when we're reacting in a way like that, like that's not the core of like our goodness and who we are. And so it gives me, I mean, I am not, (laughs) I'm still very much grasping that concept and practicing it, but it, when I am able to take that step back and look at it that way, it is so helpful, um, to not like associate that person's response with, with who they are and to not take it personally either. So yeah, that's like a kind of disjointed part of this, but it's, it, still all like weaves together in my mind. Okay. So, um, to basically like, so here's the things that I feel like you can do, um, in trying to engage these uh, emotions and to help release them. And so for starters, learn to observe your emotions as an outsider. So be curious and inquire about what they're there to teach you. And so for me, like to go back to the example of the, the male incident, I, 
was able to pretty quickly be like, okay, what is this really about? Obviously, like this reaction is not proportionate to what, oops, um, to what actually happened. Like, why are you so upset in this moment? Um, and I was, you know, pretty quickly able to pinpoint, like, I know this is about the bigger issue of, I hate living away from my family. Um, this is just a trigger to that. (laughs) And it's a reminder, it's a reminder of that. And so, um, that is why this is all coming to the surface right now. But other times too, like when I'm like feeling very irritable or like if I'm like, I know I use driving a lot, but like if there's a time where I'm getting angry or like I feel frustrated, it, instead of like embodying that and like leaning into it and like getting more angry or uh, being frustrated that I have those feelings, I try to just picture myself like taking a step back from my body and observing from far, like as a very calm, <laughs> just third party person and being like, wow, what, like, what is this about? Like what, um, like Sarah, like what's going on in you? Like what's happening in your heart right now? Like what are the things that led up to this? And just having grace for myself and trying to like get to the bottom of like what it is that, um, that is causing that. So sometimes, um, let's say I'm like, I'm running late to something. And so when someone, you know, like when the traffic's really slow or when someone like made me miss a light or whatever, and I react really over the top or like get too angry, I can realize like, okay, you are, what's happening here is you're, you're actually really frustrated yourself because you didn't get up um, on time when you wanted to, you took too long getting ready. You were on Instagram instead of getting like, having, making your breakfast or whatever it was that you needed to do. And now it's your fault that you're running late, but you, it's much easier to just take that out on somebody else. Um, or like you're mad at yourself and now this other person. (laughs) And so, um, and kind of just like being like, okay, it is what it is. This is what's happening right now. Like you're going to get there when you're going to get there. How can we do this differently in the future? Um, and yeah, so I think like just learning like to ask about like where, like what are these tears from? Like what are they trying to tell me right now? Like what is this anger from or this pain? Like why, why is it present in my life? And like what can I, what can I learn from it? Um, so, and then another thing is too is like this is probably a little bit easier in a calmer state to begin with. So either like at night before you go to bed or in the morning is doing like a, a feelings body scan type of a thing. So like scanning your body, checking, like starting with your head and like going through and like asking where there might be any tension or pain or things that are going on. Um, or even just asking, um, like whether it's that you like a higher source of like God or, um, intuition or whatever it might be that you, uh, if you have a practice around that of like asking, like, um, is there anything in, my heart right now that needs correcting or that needs releasing, um, and to allow that to like come to the surface. And so, um, again, like needing to create space for that and some quiet times of, um, of reflection and, and asking and checking in with your body and with your emotions of like, is there anyone I need to forgive right now? Is there anything that like, I'm, I'm mad at myself for, or I'm frustrated with like, and how can I release that? Um, and so, yeah. And then obviously like having a journal by you, um, at those times too, if you like have things you need to write down or get out. So then the next thing would be once you like pinpoint, like what are those emotions? Or if you're like, know that you're sad about something or that you're angry about something, I think anger is a better example here because it's such like a a powerful emotion and, um, it can just be 
you can like feel it like resonating in your body so much, um, is recognizing like how recognizing it's there and then trying to find healthy ways to release that out of yourself and to like literally work the emotions out of your body. So some, a few different ideas or tips there could be to like take a walk or to go on a run. So physical movement, like literally moves the energy around and through your body. I am not a runner, but I will say that there are like (laughs) maybe a hand, very small handful of times in a year where I am like very much in the mood to run. And I've noticed that sometimes it's when I have like frustration or anger that I need to work out of me. And so it feels so good just to like run and get that out. Um, I can also see how dancing can really do that too. And I think, you know, like probably by yourself in your room, whether it's like weird interpretive dancing or like emotional dancing or fun, like jumping around, um, again, like something to just like get the emotions, like, uh, like stagnant, yucky feelings moving in through and out of your body. And that's why like, I think sweating or like jumping in the ocean is so healing too. Cause there's something about like the release of actual like toxins and, and liquids from your body, um, or being immersed in something that, um, kind of really like helps to reset you. Um, another practice could just be throwing things, obviously find a safe space to do this. It's not going to hurt anybody or, um, also like boxing. Like if you want to go boxing or like have box punching gloves that you, like, you can go and like punch into a pillow or like scream therapy. That's something that I like, oh my gosh, I feel like everyone should <laughs> find a way or like have access to like a soundproof scream room or something because I, yeah, I think it's something that you can't just like do in society. Obviously, like you can't, um, let all that out. Like, of course there has to be maybe some, um, socially acceptable ways of, of releasing that. And you can't just like go off in your local supermarket or punch a hole in a wall a a la Andy from the office. Um, but back to like our body needing a way to like work that out of us. And so things like throwing rocks into a field, (laughs) um, I was going to say eggs, but that feels wasteful and I don't like that. So, um, yeah, like something that feels like satisfying to like break or to crunch or whether you need like bubble wrap or um, like punching a soft pillow or anything that just like allows you to express like maybe what people would think is not very socially acceptable behavior. And I think as a woman, um, like, yeah, that's also looked down upon or you can be called certain names if you have those types of feelings. And but I, having like a safe place to do it and to get it out is so helpful. Um, there was someone I, I used to follow on Instagram and she had a story of going to an overpass, like a pedestrian overpass on a freeway. And it was at nighttime and she was with her husband um, and she was just feeling like like wrestling and struggling with a lot of anger and grief from her family and her story and, and all of that. And so she, I just, this visual image of this has stuck with me for so long. Um, because she said that her and her husband just held hands and he stood there just holding her hand while she screamed into the traffic. So like, no one's really hearing this, like people don't see them up there. Um, and that was just like a way for her to just like release into the void and to get that out. And like the thought of like someone just being able to stand by you in that and like to know like that's okay, like you you are safe, like to express those emotions and that those feelings. And um, it's just it's so beautiful. I love that image so much. 
Um, other things could be like art, like if that feels releasing for you, like to um, even like use your hands, like so like clay or like finger painting or something to, um, yeah, like to work things out that way. And then obviously journaling it out. So um, I think like the thing there is that's so powerful about the journal speak practice is that taking the pressure off that like this is something that anyone would ever find um and that you can just be like your raw self and you don't have to worry about like spelling obviously you're like if things make sense like you don't it will just be gibberish like you won't even read through it and so it's just a matter of like um pouring everything out and then destroying all of the evidence (laughs) but the fact is that like it's now out there like it's not just stuck in your body it's been expressed um, so yeah, so those are just some like different practical things that you could try if you're, um, if you are feeling emotions and that you don't want to feel and ways to get those out. Um, and then I said this before, but, um, I think just forgiving yourself for having those feelings and give yourself grace and don't feel like ashamed. Cause that's part of it. Like that's part of Ruthie's story is, um, you know, she had this, this story that she was supposed to be, um, this happy, like, pretty girl that just smiled and said everything was okay and um, put a smile on even when it wasn't. And um, I think that's a message that we can get um, sent to us a lot of like, we need to look like we have it together and that um, we're not a burden to other people or our emotions aren't a burden. Um, And then the shame that comes along with like then having those feelings and having to push it down. And so I think um, that's something for me too. Like I, it, like I said, it can be scary that I have those things. And instead of like, feeling, um, really ashamed of that or trying to hide it even more of just like sending myself a lot of love and being like, okay, we're going to work through this together. We're going to like, we're going to tend to that little girl inside of you that is hurt or is scared right now and figure out like how we can heal this and make it better. And then this is what, um, so looping back to, uh, this is something that Ruthie did, um, she mentioned in her story about like the journal speak and then something that I did after I wrote out that thing (laughs) that I was angry about, um, is that she then does like a love or forgiveness meditation towards that person or that experience. And, um, if, um, I, I, it's easy to look them up. Like sometimes you, you can just look out on YouTube and like find like a forgiveness meditation. Um, something that I do is just like, um, if, if I'm holding on to any anger or unforgiveness, like picturing a cord toward like connected between me and that person. And then like picturing someone cutting that and like releasing it back into myself and into them, um, like showering that person person with, um, like the same love fairy dust that I picture falling on myself, like sending like hearts from like my, or like warm pink energy, like from my soul to theirs. And yeah, I mean, there's all different kinds of like visualizations or, um, like even things you can say like, um, about forgiving someone, um, so that like, you're not staying in that anger so that you are sending them love and like you are giving grace towards them too. And knowing like that they're just, a a broken person who has their own pain and hurt. That's like reacting out of that as well. And we're all just doing the best that we can. Um, and so to give them grace and then forgive them, um, and send them as much love as, as possible too. Or maybe it's yourself that needs a, you need to forgive yourself for something. And so sending that love and forgiveness towards yourself. Um, and then finally, just the reminder to rinse and repeat as many times as you need to. So, sometimes just getting it out once won't be enough. Like 
you might have to revisit those things or there might be um, a memory or an emotion that's going to keep coming back up. And that's okay because it, while I think it um, is helpful to like speak it out once, like sometimes it has such a strong hold on us that we need to just keep bringing that up. And um, how I picture that is like, just like the more you bring something into the light, the less it stays in the darkness and a part of your being. So like if you can just continue to like bring that out and sometimes a lot of these practices I'm talking about are things to do with yourself, but sometimes it involves bringing other people into that too, like a really safe person who you can be really honest with and share things that like you're struggling with, whether it's an addiction or um, anger around something or shame or like something, a, a soul tie or like an attachment that you are trying to manage on your own. Um, the more you can speak that out into like into the light and towards other people, number one, it's connecting because people respond to vulnerability and transparency and they like, we all have our own stuff. And so to know that someone else is struggling or going through something like a lot of times it's either they can relate and there's something that they've gone through too. That's really yucky or dark. And um, of course it's not the same story, but I think just having that connection with someone is so powerful and it bonds that person to you even more. And like, um, yeah, that vulnerability just like ties us to, um, brings us closer to one another. And then it just, it breaks the hold that that thing has over our life. And so as soon as we say it out loud, it's like, Oh, okay. That's not as horrible or scary as maybe I thought it was, or like, I've made it into the story in my head and to hear someone else either say like me too, or you're not alone or, you're safe here, like your feelings or your emotions are safe. Like, and it might be that at first you have to do that with a therapist or a counselor, like highly recommend. Yes. That is a very great place for that because it's a neutral, like other person who doesn't know your story and who, who's not going to like hold something against you. Um, so that of course is why therapy is so helpful. But I think that the power, like the beauty of our relationships is that they have, um, they can offer that gift to us too. And so, um, you know, I'd say for starters, maybe start some of these practices on your own and, um, and start to like look inwards and, um, just be on this journey of healing with yourself and like, um, just to treat yourself so gently. And then as you feel comfortable, like letting other people into that too. And, um, I just, yeah, I think this is so powerful. Um, like I started this kind of talking about, how this affects our physical health. But, um, I think we become such emotionally healthy people when we're in touch with our pain and, um, the hurt and stuff that we've experienced and that it helps us be better friends, better lovers, better sons, daughters, um, whatever it might be. And, um, and then, yeah, that this ultimately leads, um, to full, whole, healthy lives in every area that that touches. And so I, I truly believe that, um, in, in healing our inner souls, um, that we, we create physical health in our bodies too, and that we can heal, um, all kinds of things and how beautiful that concept is, um, that we can learn to bring healing to ourselves and then to other people too. So, um, I hope this message is, reaches you in, in a good place and that you, um, if it resonates with you at all, that you are able to, um, put some of these into practice. Um, and if it doesn't, then that you can disregard all of this and it might, um, yeah, it might not strike a chord with you at all, or maybe it will at another point in your life. But, um, I just think that these practices, um, could be so helpful and they have been already towards to me. And then I'm hoping to continue doing them, um, 
in my own journey and story as well. So, um, yeah, I will include the different resources and links and stuff that I mentioned in this episode on the show notes over at highfriend.co. Um, and yeah, I just am wishing you, oh, the one final thing too, um, just because I love like meditations or visualizations. Um, sometimes at night, um, when I'm going to bed, like if I don't really have trouble falling asleep, but if, um, to help put me to sleep, I will picture like this blue white, um, orb because blue is like a, um, is actually like a healing frequency of light. Um, and so there's different kinds of light therapies that you can receive that are so beneficial for your body, like red, red light therapy and, um, and all of that. But, um, so it does actually in like real life have the property of healing, but I just envision this like blue white orb starting over my head and then passing through every part of my body. So like slowly starting with my head and through my brain and my eyes and my mouth and my neck, and then just going through every part of me and like touching any part that might, um, not be feeling well, or, um, that could, I don't know, possibly have any source of pain or, um, hurt or tension. And then that just like bringing healing and wholeness to my body. And so, um, yeah, it's, I just love doing that. And it's something that's really peaceful for me. So, um, if you'd like, you can try that as well. (sighs) Okay. Wow. This was the long (laughs) compared to what I was imagining it being. So thanks for sticking in there if you're still there. And thank you so much for listening friends. Um, it just means the world to me. Um, I actually, the other day I was at morning lavender, which is this coffee place, um, that I go to work from a lot. And I was with a friend and these two girls, um, Megan and Nicole, if you guys are listening, came up and told me that they, they recognized me and which honestly like does not really happen <laughs> very much. And told me that they, um, enjoy my podcast and my blog. And it like seriously made my whole week. Like it, just meant so much to me. So, um, I really appreciate those of you who listen. Thanks for sticking through like some of the, the fumbling communication and, um, me learning to podcast and, um, to grow in that area and, um, just following along. It really means a lot. And, and for anyone who's shared this with a friend or reviewed it on iTunes, um, thank you so, so much. And I hope that this message finds you healthy and well, and I am just sending so much love and beauty, um, your way. So have a wonderful rest of your day, friends, and a beautiful, hopefully long weekend as well. Okay. Talk to you soon. Bye.